A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. MJF versus Takeshita was our first match on AEW Dynamite this week. Straight away, Tony Schiavone called Maxwell a prick. Also, hello, my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to Ups and Downs, the wrestling review show, where I watch wrestling so you don't have to. Or you can watch the wrestling and then come here and say you don't agree with any of my opinions. I do have to say that MGF only wrestling sporadically is so damn smart because when you do see him going at you, this guy is really good. Whereas Takeshita is on the other end of the scale. He is just fighting all the time and it just keeps on getting better and better and better and better. He didn't make a mistake right away because Maxwell's all like, oh, let's shake hands, my dear old pal. And of course he booted Takeshita in the gut. But Takeshita must have planned for this because then he hit the ropes and he took him out with a clothesline. He then went on to hit the 10 punches in the corner because he must have been watching 1980s wrestling where MJF decided, ha I know what I can do. And he used the referee as a human shield. What a dickhead. He then hurled Takeshita into Tina the turnbuckle, but this guy just kept on coming because he was able to break his brain with a brain buster. And given that we were in El Paso, he came up with a great idea. He climbed to the top rope. He did the Eddie Guerrero shimmy and he hit a frog splash. So that's it. He's now always going to be the man in Texas. He then continued on this destruction because he hit a German suplex gate in Holman. And then when they went to the outside, he grabbed Friedman and he threw him into Rita the ring post. I was like, oh my gosh. Don't forget, this is the AEW world champion and he's being bonked around the place. Don't say bonk. The whole point too, of course, was to make you believe that maybe, just maybe, he was going to be MJF. But don't even worry about that. Because then they went to the top rope. Takeshita was going to do his big clothesline. And Friedman, Maxwell, Jacob landed on his damn feet. So once again, all these people sitting there going, he's not going to get at pro wrestling. Are you nuts? He's great. Throw all this too, you do have to note that MGF was working on Takeshita's arm. Because of course, he wanted to go for that salt of the earth arm breaker. And as soon as he saw him on the floor here, he applied it. But at this juncture, Takeshita was able to get out of it. Eventually, they fell back to the outside. So Takeshita hit a dive, 2023 wrestling. And then when they were getting back in, once again, Max. Maxwell was mucking around with the referee so he could punch Takeshita right in his penis. I don't know about you, but I'm going to presume that hurts. Somehow he just kept on fighting back, though, and he hit this crazy blue thunderbomb for a near fall. And then he did the same with the big old knee. And at this point, I was just suspending my disbelief. I decided that the Kester was going to win and become the AEW World Champion, even though the belt wasn't even on the line. By this point, his limb was basically falling off, so MGF was able to apply that arm bar. And oh my gosh, he pulled on it back so far. I was like, has he forgotten what pro wrestling is? And poor Takeshita had to tap out. Now, I will admit, I had said last week, and I stand by it, I actually think Takeshita could have won this thing, but when he does get his first big victory, or his second big victory, because he beat Brian Cage seven days ago, everyone is going to lose their minds. And is he a future AEW champion? Yes. Is MJF flubbing? Brilliant. Yes. It is getting it up. MJF also, of course, assaulted Takeshita after this, using the dynamite diamond ring, and there was blood everywhere. 
And eventually Brian Danielson ran out to make the save. And I was like, where the hell were you, Brian? You could have been a few seconds earlier. I cannot wait for this match either because it's going to be great. As are you people. Because not only did we have a give this an up sign, which always makes me feel good in my tootsie toes, but there was a guy in the front row who was wearing a t-shirt, and I've never produced any of these, so he must have made it himself, that had my face on it, and next to it was the whole Simon Miller is all elite graphic. I tell you, I lost my mind. So this hero actually went out of his way to make that damn thing, and I have no words. Like It's fun that I get to wave my arms around here a few times and we can talk about wrestling, but the fact that you guys go out there and do this kind of stuff, well, you know the deal, makes me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. So together, of course, you are going to get an up, and thank you for making my day and put a massive smile on my face. And also, we get to bring down the sign counter, which has rolled up to 13. And I would have been happy if it got to 1 Remind you, it's getting it up. Then another quick video package telling us that Samoa Joe is the brand new TNT champion and that he's going to kill Wardlow when it was time for the bunny taken on Jamie Hayer. Now this had the same stipulations as the first match in the sense it was a world title eliminator. So if the bunny did win here, she would get a shot at the championship. And as these two had been teasing on social media, they just took their fists and they took their elbows and they took their bones... They just collided in with each other. I mean, Jamie went shoulder block crazy at the start of this thing, which is where the bunny was like, all right, well, I know how to take care of that. And she suplexed her into Simba the Still Steps. This is my face. It's kind of disgusting. But then we fought a Brett Baker on the outside too, so they started getting into it, including Penelope Ford ripping up signs that she's some kind of an asshole. When from nowhere, Hater hit one of the most gruesome exploded suplexes I've ever seen, because the poor bunny landed right on her face. Now, I can't say for sure, but given that right after that, they got back on their feet and Hater hit the big Larry and got the one, two, three. I'm kind of thinking this match wasn't meant to end here and the bunny may have got concussed or something because they were really going for it. And all of a sudden, it was just done. So if I am right, I really do hope she is okay and we send all our love and health and happiness and positive thoughts to the rabbit. But I'm still going to give this an up because I tell you, they were rocking and rolling. It's an actual shame it got cut so short. We also had more to tie into this storyline. We went to the back afterwards where Soraya and Tony Storm were there. But once again, they were just like, we're going to cause a fuss. We're going to cause a fuss. When they invited Leva Bates to walk into the frame, which she foolishly did, they beat her up. And once again, they went all NWO and they sprayed an L onto her back. They also said that they're not here to make any friends, which is an absolute lie because Tony Storm and Soraya are friends. So (laughs) I've called you out. And while some people don't seem to like this narrative, I really do. It also ties into things that are going to happen on Rampage. And when the line in the sand is drawn, I think we're going to have a pretty good feud. It was then back to NJF after this because Lexi Nair had gone and found him in his dressing room. And this guy found the line and he stepped over it. He was crapping all over to Keshner, but not literally because nobody needs that. When he went full on story mode here... By the end of this, I was just face palming like, I can't believe he said it. Because he was talking about his prom and how he spied a girl called Liv that he quite liked the look of. And that they took a drive. Before the car spun out of control, they hit a telephone pole and everything looked super duper bad. Given that Max could hear a cop car pulling up though, he realised what type of guy he was when he switched positioned with this girl so she would get in trouble and he would not. I mean, what the hell? You also tie this into the fact that in life there are winners and there's losers and Brian Danielson is absolutely a loser and he's going to lose at Revolution 
and that he's proud of being such a scumbag. And once again, I turned to my TV and I just went, well, what a piece of shit. I also laughed out loud at this because I could just not believe he actually decided to go in this direction. I mean, he is wonderful at what he does. He is a wonderful heel. He does not give a crap. Giving it up. It was time for the Guevara Garcia gauntlet after this. What a good in-ring version of Dynamite this was. Began with Ricky Starks versus Angelo Parker. And Angelo's whole strategy was, I'm going to keep raking you in the eye. And even when Ricky went for the Rochambeau, he just raked him in the eye. So eventually Starks was like, well, I'm sick of this. He gave him the spear and he beat him. Couldn't have gone longer than two minutes. He did far better than Matt Menard, though, because Daddy Magic then ran in to finish the job. And instantly, he got hit by the most devastating move in all sports entertainment. Surprise roll-up, pro wrestling tees. <laughs> And he was done. We also bring down the board because that is 15 roll-ups between WWE and AEW. And don't forget, we go for 100 in 2023. I need it. When Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia are all like, we're not going to tell you which one of us is going to be when Daniel Garcia just got in there and they had a match. This took an interesting turn, though, because Ricky Starks did lose. And there was this amazing spot when Rick went to do the spear and Garcia kind of turned it into a choke submission move. And honestly, that guy... He is such a damn good wrestler. Somehow Ricky was able to power out of that though when he hit a power bomb, so he is so powerful. When they were duking it out on the ring apron, and somehow Ricky Starks hit a spear onto the hardest part of the ring. And that doesn't even make any sense. Have you seen how much room there is out there? There's barely any room. It's like two plus two equals potato. You could smell the shenanigans were coming though, because it was the Jericho Appreciation Society. So given that they were now outside the ring, all of a sudden a masked fan appeared and he hit Ricky Starks with a back elbow or <coughs> the Judas effect. I don't know what that was. It meant Ricky was done, so Garcia was just able to pin him. <laughs> kind of amazingly, when this fan got in the ring and did unmask, and it was Chris Jericho, all the fans went, whoa. I was like, well, fair play to you to buying into it, but come on now. Stevie Wonder saw this coming. So I actually thought this was pretty good that it told a nice story because Ricky Starks has now beat two people in the JAS and eventually he will beat Danny Garcia. Then he'll beat Sammy Guevara. Then maybe he'll beat Jake Hagar for a second time when he finally does face Chris Jericho at Revolution. He'll get his second win and then maybe he goes after the TNT title or something. But he's certainly on a roll. And isn't it nice that he's getting featured all the time? Yes, it is. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. The acclaim with them backstage, as Billy Gunn told us, I'm very conflicted about this tag team title match later, so I won't go to ringside. And while Max Caster was cool with this, Anthony Bowens kind of looked like he smelt like something was going on. And I agree with you, Anthony. Now, of course, eventually they did scissor. They did some scissoring. But boy, howdy, do we have to get into this later. Wendy Paquette was then earning her paycheck because she was all over the shop this evening when she found Brian Danielson and Takesta in the trainer's room. And just when they were about to have a chitty chat, somebody went and locked the door. Dun, dun, dun. It was around the same time as Roosh's music started to play and MJF joined him. And Max was all like, well, I guess Brian ain't coming to the ring. So, Aubrey Edwards, you better start counting and make sure he loses. For some reason, Aubrey just agreed to this, although she was counting super duper slow. This is where Brian Danielson burst out of the trainer room door. Dekesta was holding all his enemies back and he did make it to the ring at like 9.999. So I kind of like that because the theme of this episode Dynamite was basically MJF is a terrible person and you shouldn't go anywhere near him. We then did get this match and honestly, you could put Brian Danielson against my nan and he would somehow be able to have a good match with her, which would be doubly impressive because she's been dead for years. Rouge also more than held his own, and this must have been his best AEW encounter to date. And to start off with, they just started chopping each other. When that didn't work, they started headbanging each other. Then they were just punching each other in the face once again. I started to look around and ring people up saying, do these people know what wrestling is? Because I don't think they do. Eventually they were fighting on the outside too when Roosh threw Danielson into Barry Barricade. That is when I bring my sign out and I'm going to continue to rant on about this. It's not fair. Baz is just there to do a job and people keep using him as a weapon. So you either pay him more or we get justice for Barry. This was so damn violent though, eventually Brian Danielson was bleeding and holy crap, that was like a fountain. And at one point I swear Roosh was going to lick this, but thankfully Aubrey Edwards stopped him. When it basically <laughs> turned into a slap battle. Like they were just taking the palms of their hands and whacking each other as hard as they could. When all of a sudden they were on the ring apron and Roosh not only gave Danielson an overhead suplex so he landed on the floor, but as he did, there was so much blood on his head, it went and splattered on the camera. And I was like, well, there's no way we planned for that, but we're going to see it in highlight reels for years. Roosh really was all over Danielson throughout all of this, to the point he had him in the corner and he was ready to hit the bull's horns, which probably mean he would have won, but instead he stopped and started to do his pose. And I was like, man, wrestlers are just obsessed with posing. Jeff Hardy comes to save you, he has to do his dance. Lita did the same thing on Raw, and <laughs> you could have won the damn thing and earned a bunch of money, but no, you had to do a taunt. It was then just phenomenal stuff after this, especially this dropkick Brian Danielson gave to Roosh on the outside into Barry Barricade, and then the one he gave him when they were back in the ring. And when Roosh dropped him with a straight jacket pile driver, not only did I have a heart attack, so I thought, oh my gosh, Daniel Bryan's head, or Brian Danielson, 
Danielson's head, what I'm even talking about, but it only got a two. Brian then retaliated with the big knee as well, but that was only able to get a two when they went back to the forearms. And they must have hit 20 plus of these, and every single one was brutal. Bruce then decided he was going to hit another German suplex, but Danielson landed on his legs. He ran in, he finally hit the big old knee, and he got the one, two, three. Honestly, this was so damn tremendous. You have to watch it. Up. Of course, MJF ran into the ring afterwards and he punched Brian Danielson right in the head with the diamond ring and he was just beating him up until security guards tried to get him away. I was like, where the hell is Takeshita? Why isn't he helping out? All of this rocked though. It was a great match. It was a great angle and it's got me so damn pumped for their match at Revolution, which is the entire point. Giving it up. Dynamite then got even better too because Brian and Murr for Impractical Jokers were here. I love that show. Murray even had Floyd the baseball bat because Chris Jericho has appeared on Impractical Jokers. And basically, this was to advertise the fact the new season starts soon. But they also did something on Rampage. We will talk about it at the weekend. And just when you thought there couldn't be more madness too, it was Top Flight and AR Fox versus the Elite for the trio's titles. I mean, I don't know what I meant to do. Because it was one of those matches that was just absolutely astonishing. And do not forget the definition of astonishing is surprising or impressive Amazing. You damn right. I mean, it was so fast instantly with the Martins and Fox just hitting all of their buttons to do every single move to the point the Bucks basically had to blind tag their way in there when they hit that neck breaker, back breaker combo thingamajig. And never forget, they're trying to break necks and backs with this. How do you expect anybody to walk? Fox tried to help his boys out, but Kenny basically grabbed him and threw him into the floor. Which is when Darius tagged in and these two started going at it. Martin had his ass kicked for a little while when all of a sudden he turned a super kick into a Spanish fly. And I was like, oh my gosh, none of this makes any sense. When AR Fox tagged in and he must have been watching modern day wrestling because he just hit as many cutters as he possibly could. We then got all the dives for absolutely no reason. And AR Fox was just going left side, right side, left side, right side. When Dante Marty decided, well, no one said anything with me. So he got in. And he was just pogo sticking around the place going, ha ha, gravity can't stop me. Ended brilliantly though, because all of a sudden Matt Jackson caught him and started to do all these Northern Lights suplexes. When all of Top Flight and all of AR Fox was in there and somehow he did a triple team one, I've never seen anything like it. Dante then returned with a DDT when AR Fox decided, ha ha, I'm going to do a big flip to the outside. And sure, there were a bunch of people for him to land on, but come on, this is crazy. It just didn't stop as Nick was then hit with Top Flight's nosedive when AR Fox hit another 450. And honestly, the near fall on this. Like Kenny Omega broke it up at 2.99999, but did he actually get there in time? I'm not so sure, but my word, did it get a reaction? Matt Jackson then decided he had enough, so he went super kick crazy when all of a sudden the Bucks were hitting more bang for your buck. When Nick Jackson just decided to do a moonsault to the outside, like there was a human magnet out there. Kenny was then back in and he smashed AR with a V trigger and this amazing Dr. Bomb. And when he was going to finish it off with the one wing angel, all of a sudden AR Fox turned that into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And then Kenny Omega was doing the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And then AR Fox was doing the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And it ended when Kenny got one final surprise roll up and he got to three. And then even I laid down, I was like, oh my days, I'm exhausted. So I've really not done this justice, and I thought it was such smart booking, because of course AR Fox took the pin here, so Top Flight can continue their amazing 2023, and you've got to find 15 minutes today to watch it. It is going to give it an up, and of course, bring down the surprise roll-up board. It goes up by another one. It's kind of out of control. And then Hook kind of put Stokely Hathaway in an armbar. I don't know. I mean, Stokes was ranting and raving that all the firm's problems right now are because of Hook, 
when Hook walked into the building and there kind of like grabbed him and said, well, I think you're an absolute goober. So the only thing I can presume is that even though Jungle Boy told us he is going after singles titles, the firm is going to beat up Hook and then the wonderfully haired warriors can come back together. I do hope that does happen. You can't introduce something called Jungle Hook and then get rid of it. It's too damn stupid. Which brought us to our main event, which was yet another title match because the tag team titles were on the line. And it was the acclaimed versus the guns. And the whole point with this is that Austin and Colton are super assholes and they will do whatever they have to do to be victorious. And that's what they did here. And now they are the brand new AEW Tag Team Champions. Now, scissoring did help the acclaimed in the early going, as it always does, when the guns were beating up Max Caster for a while. But the only reason we did this is so Anthony Bowens could get the hot tag and run wild. He smacked everybody around and he got that big old leg lariat in there too when he got Max Caster back in the ring. And very interestingly, there was a bit of miscommunication between them because they were going to throw Austin and Colton together, but instead Max got thrown into the war instead. The guns then used that to get some power back, but just when Anthony was about to smack Austin, he took advice from MJF earlier, he used the ref as the human shield, and down he went. Of course, this is when Billy Gunn hit the ring to try and calm stuff down, but the guns just whacked him right in the head with the title belt. Which didn't allow Bowen to surprise him. He hit the arrival. Max Caster hit the mic drop. So they had the match won. It was a 1-2-3, but the damn referee was still down. Ruh -roh. Max then got thrown into Barry Barricade, so my sign does come back, as Cotton was able to break up this pin. But when Anthony Bowens continued and went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, he got pushed off. The guns smacked him in the head of the title belt. He fell down because he was knocked out when he got covered. And the ref went one, and the ref went two, and the ref went three. He didn't see the shenanigans. He didn't see this cheating. We do have brand new tag champs. Honestly, the whole damn arena fell silent because they couldn't believe it. The guns then stared off with their father because it is super serious now. And for some reason, their music stopped playing so the acclaimed music could start instead. And that was weird. And as ever, everyone on the internet has now had a massive meltdown. I tell you why I don't mind it though, because it just reminds you, you better tune into our AEW television show because you never know what's going to happen. Also, I think this is quite clever because either one, we can get to the Revolution pay-per-view and the acclaimed can win it back. Or now that we have put the belt on some heels, FTR can return they can win them back, and then you're kind of just balancing the books just a little bit. Also, don't forget that it does give the guns some credibility, even though they cheated like assholes. And I am all down for some companies taking a risk. Also, I just enjoy all the teams involved here. And it's a story. And once again, it silenced the damn crowd, because that's real emotion. And that just shows you how over the acclaimed are. I am giving it up. And also, do not forget that if it does go bad, we can undo it ASAP. So it's all fine with me. And as ever... Dynamite's getting a big old up. Now, as you shall see on the screen, there will be a video for another What Culture video, so please do give it a click and have a little look and see if you like it. Like the video, share the video, subscribe, leave a comment below, come say hello on social media at Simon316 or What Culture WWE, and head to the website to keep up to date with all the wrestling news. This was Ups and Downs. Thank you for your time. See you soon.